Hi there, and welcome to episode 92 of the LDS study session with your host, Matthew Roberts. Uh, we're going to continue with our Come Follow Me studies today. Uh, we're looking in the section under August 26th to September 1st, 1 Corinthians chapters 8 to 13, Ye are the body of Christ. And we're going into quite an interesting um, section today entitled, Why did Paul write about head coverings and hairstyles? Found in 1 Corinthians chapter 11, verses 3 to 15. Now, I think that this is an interesting um, section today because when you read uh, verses 3 to 15, and I suggest you do, it is um, very interesting. There are some very clear uh, instructions or policies set forward by Paul uh, to the Corinthians about dress and grooming uh, between a man and a woman, uh, well, for a man and a, and a woman. And, well, obviously, by today's standards, they would be quite interesting ones. Having, having said that, there are some cultures where this is actually followed still. So actually, it's not today's standards, but it's other cultures or, you know, from the culture at the time in, in the UK, it would seem a bit foreign to, to us, perhaps. For example, um, when it says in verse 4, every man praying or prophesying, having his head covered, dishonoreth his head. So, I mean, that's pretty straightforward. If you have something on your head covered, um, then, you know, that's not appropriate. But a woman, in, in verse 5, says, But every woman that prayeth or prophesieth with her head uncovered dishonoreth her head, for that is even all one as if she were shaven. So basically it's saying that all women, if they're praying or if they are prophesying, they need to have their heads covered. Now, obviously, culturally, this is something that we don't uh, follow now. Um, but obviously for Paul at, at that time, uh, it was something that was important to them as part of their culture. When we move forward to verse uh, 14 and 15, again, we have a very interesting uh, statement by Paul saying, Doth not even nature itself teach you that if a man have long hair, it is a shame unto him? But if a woman have long hair, it is a glory to her, for her hair is given her for recovering. Um, again, I don't think that this is something that the church is saying that we, you know, we take on or we believe. Um, you know, it's just something that, again, for culturally, culturally at the time, was an important principle for them or policy. And for me, this highlights, um, again, the church as a living church, because at the time when the church was confined really to the areas that it was at that time, um, this would have been an important policy or practice for them. But of course, now the Church of Jesus Christ, which has been restored to the earth, the same church that Paul was a part of back then, is on the earth today. today. This is not an important policy because we are the, the church is a global church. It is one that covers the whole earth. And so to have this as a policy, which was in the scriptures, would not make sense, which is why we need to look at um, the scriptures and um, and ancient prophets and even prophets who are, who are part of the restoration that are, and are now deceased. We need to look at their words and take them on board. But we need to really recognize that the living prophets and apostles can receive revelation and guidance for us specifically today. One example of that uh, is the word of wisdom. Um, I think that um, there was obviously this announcement made recently about the word of wisdom, just clarifying some points about stuff like green tea and um, iced, iced tea and um, opioids and you know specific coffee drinks. Um, and, and uh, vaping as well and some other things like that which are pretty much like in the past decade or so having come in, come to the fore forefront of all these things and um, 
there was apparently, I mean, I don't, mm, well, I mean, I guess on Twitter there was some negative comments about, you know, the, the way in which this is given and that kind of thing. Um, but, you know, I, I'm not really aware of many negative viewpoints, but apparently there, were, there was some negative reaction to this, to this um, clarification. Um, and then people were looking at Doctrine and Covenants 89 and saying, look, it doesn't say that here and it doesn't say that here. Um, but I think the point that, you know, is, is that we have a living prophet who is reacting and receiving revelation to things applicable to us today. And that's why when we read the scriptures, especially at verses like 1 Corinthians 11, 3 to 15, where some of the things, you know, you read in there, you kind of cringe at, a lot of talk about the, the man being the head of the woman and Christ being the head of the man. Uh, and it's like, oh, well, you know, does that mean that Christ isn't the head of the woman? Does that mean, you know, the man is the one that, you know, looks after the welfare? And, and this is where it's difficult because... We do understand, as members of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, that the man is the, the, the head of the household, as it were. Um, he is responsible for caring, providing, and protecting uh, the family. Having said that, you know, we have the family proclamation to the world, which clarifies that men and women are equal partners in this work, that women have as, as much of the responsibilities as men do. And actually, and, and I can't, I should have really had it in front of me whilst I was sharing this, but... Um, I do remember reading somewhere where that they support each other in their duties as well. So it's not just saying that man is responsible for providing for the household and women are responsible for nurturing the, the people, the children in the house, and that's it. Actually, you're meant to support each other in those roles. And actually, in the world today, it's, that's become even more applicable because, you know, if, if a man was to only be the only provider for a, for a family, uh, a lot of families would financially struggle. It is often the case that women need to, as necessity, uh, provide for the household, as well as those those women who, who want to provide financially for the household as well. Um, and on the flip side, it's important that men take on responsibilities and duties in nurturing and caring for the home and for the children in the household as well. So this is why when we look at sections like 1 Corinthians 11, 3 to 15, I am grateful uh, that we have messages like this uh, because it helps us understand some of the cultural ideas back then. I would even say that there are some situations where even if you look back 50 or plus years in the church, there are some viewpoints which have maybe adapted and changed over time. For example, in 1953, uh, in the April General Conference, uh, there was a talk given by Elder Legrand Richards, and he says this... Um, he, so he's, he's talking about Christ being the head of the church. He says, quote, He is the head of the church, literally, as the man is the head of the woman. The church bears his name, and there was no other church in the world that bore his name when he committed it to this church and commanded that the church should be named after him. Um, close quote. Now here, he is obviously using the phrase that the, that the man is the head of the woman. Now I would say this. If a, an apostle or a prophet said that phrase today, kind of, uh, 60, 67, is it? No, 66 years later. If uh, if an apostle or prophet made that comment today, there would be uproar, I think, from a number of people because, you know, some would argue, well, you know, man and woman are equal and they have that equal responsibility in their marriage and, and all these things. And I would agree with that. Uh, if I heard, you know, that phrase in today's culture, I would that wouldn't sit quite, quite well with me. And I guess... And again, that's not me saying that I don't think that 
the principle of the man being the head of the household is wrong. It's just, you know, being the head of the woman, you know, and, you know, it just doesn't sit right with me. I, I, I have the belief and feeling that men and women in the home are of equal standard and, part, and partnership. And obviously the, the man is, is the head of the household in some areas, but the woman, you know, is just as important in many other areas as well. Um, but the point is, is that we have a living prophet and revelation to give us guidance. We obviously read uh, in 1 Corinthians 11, 11, kind of the verse that they wanted to point out here, uh, which was, nevertheless, neither is the man without the woman, neither the woman without the man in the Lord. Um, and we have some important uh, direction on this. And I think it's important to recognize that this you know, applies to the man and the woman, that both are requiring of each other. Um, in April 1978, the true way of life and salvation, well, at the time, President Spencer W. Kimball said this, the scriptures remind us that women have claim on their husbands for their maintenance until their husbands are taken. Women also have a claim on their husbands for respect, fidelity and thoughtfulness, for in that subtle, sweet relationship that should obtain between men and women, there is the partnership with the priesthood. And, close quote, and I think that that is very important. We are, we are hearing a lot now about the power of the priesthood and the priesthood being held, I guess, between man and woman, that there is a partnership there, that whilst the man has the, holds the authority to, to act in the priesthood, women have a role in this priesthood in the home and, and in utilising the priesthood as well. Um, and as, as President Gimbel says here, there is partnership with the priesthood. And I think that we often, you know, if we look at the church and see, obviously, a lot of the leadership and, and the priesthood authority being held by men, there is obviously a tendency to think, oh, well, it's a, a sexist institution. You know, it is a focused on men leading. But actually, there is a whole lot of things that people don't recognize with the priesthood and with leadership in the church that falls to women as well. Uh, and then I just love this talk, which is actually mentioned in, in the um, manual by uh, Elder David A. Bednar, We Believe in Being Chased. And he just hits the nail on the head about how this role is um, vital for men and women. Uh, he said this, quote, After the earth was created, Adam was placed in the Garden of Eden. Importantly, however, God said it was not good that man should be alone. And Eve became Adam's wife and helpmeet. The unique combination of spiritual, physical, mental and emotional capacities of both males and females was needed to enact the plan of happiness. The man and the woman are intended to learn from, strengthen, bless, and complete each other. Um, close quote. I love that. It's just the point which is going to round this podcast episode off quite nicely. That whilst when, when we read on face value the things here uh, written by Paul, and in some cases some of the things written by very early church leaders uh, in this dispensation, we might sit and think, well, this doesn't sit right with how it is today or, or, the, or our culture with some things or whatever. Um, however, when we look at some of the, the teachings and the revelations by modern church leaders, we can see that that is becoming more clear to us. That, that relationship between man and woman, whilst there are specific roles and responsibilities which are important for both, both are required to help each other and sustain each other in those roles. Uh, and I just love, well, I love my wife. I know that without her, I would not be the person I am today. I know that without her, our family would not be in the position it is right now, uh, which I feel is, is a good position. And so, um, you know, I, I'm just so grateful that we have this re reviewed 
we read, received uh, revelation uh, for our day. Uh, grateful for your time that you've had to, to listen to this. Uh, if there's anything that you'd like to share uh, that you've been studying, then I'd love to hear from you at Matt S. Roberts 90 on Twitter. Uh, and I hope you have a wonderful day. Until we meet again.